Today I've got an interview with Scott Hambrick from OnlineGreatBooks.com. That's coming up on The Wired Homeschool. Hello and welcome to The Wired Homeschool. I'm your host, John Wilkerson, bringing you tech, tools, and tips for homeschooling a digital generation. Except today, I got something a little bit different for you. I interviewed Scott Hambrick from OnlineGreatBooks.com, and we talked about a number of things, especially pertaining to the great Western classics. And he's got a wonderful online course that I think you all are going to be interested in. If you want to continue your own education, or if you've got a child in high school that might be able to handle the subject matter in these classic books, you are definitely going to want to check this course out. It's a pretty long interview, and I have to say that I did not realize how long this interview was until I started editing it. That's how much of a great time I had talking to Scott. We covered a lot of subjects having to do with these classic books, and I think you're really going to like this interview. Scott is so knowledgeable, so much more knowledgeable than I am when it comes to these books, and rightly so. He's been doing this for four years, and he's finally basically taken what he's done at home, and he's now bringing it and offering it to the public. So here's that interview with Scott, and then I'll be back after the interview with some closing comments. So Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. Scott, you're the reader-in-chief over at Online Great Books, so... Right. What what does the reader-in-chief do over at Online Great Books? Well, gosh, I... Well, I own it. Uh, OnlineGreatBooks.com is my online great books uh, kind of continuing education program. And, and I'm the owner there. And what that means is, gosh, I end up reading a lot. You know, so we're, we're reading the great books of the Western world. Uh, our readers start with the Iliad and the Odyssey, and then they read the plays of Aeschylus and Sophocles and Euripides, and then they read Plato and so on. And I'm always having to read and stay ahead of these people and help create the uh, educational materials and... Uh, you know, I've read I've read most of this stuff already, but now I'm now the now the reading's high stakes because I got a bunch of smart people, you know, checking my work, and uh, <laughs> I want to do a good job for them. So uh, I try to embody that whole great books, you know, process for for our uh, our customers and and all of our seminar hosts that lead discussions. They're supposed to do that too. You know, I love to read, and in my typical fashion, I've turned something I love, which was a hobby, into uh, a, a job with high stakes and <laughs> grueling consequences, you know. People are probably wondering, what makes a book great? Well, Mortimer Adler is kind of the patron saint of the, of the great books movement of, in the mid-20th century, said that, that what made a book great was that it was endlessly discussable, it had something in it for anyone, no matter where you, no matter where you are in life. So I always tell people, like the Iliad, uh, if you're a 14 year old, you can read that, and you will you will be reading one of the best action adventure stories ever written. But if you're an older person, um, you know maybe much older, it's about mortality, 
Uh, it's about your, it's about uh, posterity, you know. Uh, so that book has something for anybody, no matter where they are, you know, in their life. And these books, these great books are part of a greater conversation that has taken place over the millennia. Um, if you, it, the great books of the Western world is sort of an emergent list. It's an emergent canon, I think. So if you said, you know, I'm going to read some Nietzsche, we're going to find Nietzsche mentions Hegel and Kant. And then you say, gosh, I don't, I got to read that really to know what this Nietzsche guy is talking about. And you go pick up Kant and you say, gosh, now, you know, now I got to go read Descartes. And then, then, oh gosh, now I got to read Aristotle. And so these, these books are sort of self-referential and each of these authors stands on the shoulders of the one before him. And you, so no matter where you pick up in the great conversation, if you kind of trace the lineage of the ideas back to the beginning, all roads lead to Homer. Hmm. So it's not like a group of people got together in a room and smoked cigars and they're like, Hey, what do these books need to be? <laughs> right. You, you pick, you pick one of these great books at any point in history and this list of the books that you need to read to understand the knowledge that's being put forth in this newer one is emergent and it just crops up over and over and over again. I don't think anybody would disagree that you, you really need to know some Aristotle before you can really know uh, about Aquinas maybe. Right. right. So these, but they, uh, uh, they're all prerequisites for each other. So they kind of, they, they, you would say that they, they build off of each other. I mean, you think of e even modern authors right now, th they're probably referring back to, themes and ideas and concepts that were in those original books. Would you say that modern authors right now, if they are, if they're styling themselves after these classic books, would they eventually become one of the great books or what Boy, do you think I, about that? Ha, that's tough, right? Right. But, so, so the Iliad is maybe, oh gosh, I don't even know, 2,400 years old, 2,600 years old, something like that. Uh, there are about 150 books in the list that we read at onlinegreatbooks.com. And so 150 books out of uh, 24, 2600 years of, of history, uh, it's pretty tough to get your title added to the list. You know, you've got to really put forth something very, very novel. You have to put something forth that's transformational, that transforms the way people live. And th these books, these books uh, for me, help us lead a good life, mm -hmm. right? You know, when you read Plato, when you read about his notions of just, or Socrates, notions of justice and virtue, and then you read Aquinas, talk about virtue. You know, these are things that can help us live a good life. And if you wanted to write a book and get it, get it on this list, first of all, it's going to take, I don't know, a couple centuries before we know if it's really going to make the list. Right. And the way you know it makes the list is because it's actually improved the lot of the human species. It's a tall order. Yeah. I do definitely want to get to talking about the program, but I just had a, I had a funny question pop into my head. Have you seen, my favorite kind. Have you seen the movie uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so you're tagging along with them and they're going back in time. Right. Uh, which author are you telling them to go and bring back? And, and uh. it can't be Socrates because cause they brought him back, but what what other author besides Socrates or who else did they bring back? Uh, we'll see. They brought Billy the Kid back, Abraham Lincoln, 
Napoleon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't yeah. remember all of them. Well, if they didn't bring Aristotle, it's got to be Aristotle. He's a towering intellect. There's almost no area of, of interest that he didn't touch. Uh, he invented entire areas of investigation. Um, you know, he, metaphysics is a, you know, he, he invented that term. He defined it as a science and, and why it mattered. Uh, whether you agree with his metaphysical uh, system or not, he definitely defined all the problems that face us when we think about metaphysics, which is, you know, what are things? Like, what's a thing? How do you, and how do you know what a thing is? That's kind of what metaphysics is. You know, I've noticed lately in conversation, people say, oh, is that a thing now? Right. <laughs> that's a metaphysical question. Like, what is that? Is that, that's a thing? You know, how do you know it's a thing? How do you characterize it as a thing? And it, so over and over and over again, Aristotle pretty much defines everything that we're curious about. Um, Plato, Plato did a great deal of that, but Aristotle really fleshed it out and uh, set the bar really high. And that, that guy's a towering intellect, and there's probably never been anybody like him and, uh, as bright and as prolific and as influential as that guy, and there may never, ever be another one. And you know, one of the things that's interesting to me about that is Socrates was in Athens, and then Plato was his student, and then Aristotle was his student. And Athens at that time was just a little town of maybe like 40,000 people, and you've got these three just towering intellects that all were walking the same streets, you know, in some little burg, you know? It's amazing. Yeah. Perfect yeah, it, storm. It is amazing that that those three people that have impacted Western society so much came from that, that one small area of the world. So online great books, it's an online uh, membership program for people to get together with others and read these classic books. Yeah. And a lot of homeschoolers that I know actually use the Socratic method when they're talking about books, you know, by asking questions about the book. Right. But they don't necessarily, they probably haven't read Socrates. Mm -hmm. And, or if they have read Socrates, they haven't read one of his complete writings. They may mm -hmm. have read some, some minor things. So this is an opportunity, I think, for parents and their high schoolers to go through a classic book and really expand their understanding of of literature how how do you take people through through the course what i mean a lot of people they, they know how online courses work but mm -hmm. what what sets online great books apart from some of these other online courses well you know what i don't know a lot about what a lot of online courses do but I I'll just tell you what we do sure. uh, and, and, and why it's interesting, or at least why I think it's interesting. Uh, these books, you can get these books at used bookstores for like a buck. And these good reading lists, like the Great Books of the Western World lead, reading list, the St. John's College reading list, some of these others are available for free online, right? So, so we could have read these books at any time at a very, very low cost, but it's tough work. So, more than providing some sort of an online classroom, it's really about accountability and community. 
So when you sign up, we, we, we try to make everything as easy as possible and take all the obstacles away from uh, out from in front of the reader so that they actually do the work. So when you sign up with your monthly fee, a hard copy of the best edition we could find shows up at your house. We send it straight to you. And it's hard copy because we think that reading difficult material is best done when you've got a physical object in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, and so... You don't have to shop for the thing. And we've done all the hard work to figure out what is the best translation available. So when you go to the used bookstore, there are going to be lots of translations and a lot of them stink, frankly. And so we send you the best translation. And then you get text message reading reminders. You get email reading reminders. There's a check-in system in our little, on our app that you can go to and you check in on all of your reading goals. You should be... Our, our reading goals, by the way, are set up so that a busy person can easily get their work done. We tr- we're trying to make each weekly reading goal take about three hours of time. Because so we think a busy, a busy homeschool parent ought to be able to you know, turn the television off and uh, th- uh, beat their cell phone with the hammer and throw it in the trash and <laughs> get in three hours of, of reading a week. It's just, you know, it's 30 minutes, uh, six days a week. And then uh, for two hours, for two hours, once each month, they have a Socratic seminar to discuss what they've read. And sometimes they read a lot. You know, if the, right, if the reading is light and fun, you might read three or 400 pages in that month. Uh, but sometimes it's tough sledding. You know, it's some difficult material. Like maybe it is that Aristotle we were talking about. And uh, it might be a 15 to 20 page a week deal. Uh, so we try to pace it so that it's in reasonable chunks and digestible chunks, send you the reading goals, keep you accountable. And then we also have a, a, a chat community that goes just 24 hours a day where people are asking each other questions, griping about the same stuff, which, which is actually helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, because then you realize, oh gosh, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not dumb. You know, maybe this is really tough. And I've had people email. So it's the accountability. And we started the service on January 8th and I've had, I've had several people email me uh, one guy is an auto mechanic in New Jersey, and he emailed me and he said, I've just finished the Iliad. Every time I tell this, I get choked up. He said, I just finished the Iliad, and it's the first book I've ever read. Wow. And uh, that's a good first book. That's a good first book. <laughs> so, you know, we're helping people do the work. We're confident. We're confident that people can comprehend the stuff. We're confident that they're going to be able to benefit. We just want to help them do it, and that's what we try to do. Yeah, wow. I mean, clearly you're uh, you're passionate about this, and uh, th- that t- to hear that that someone read their first book through your service, through you know through this course, and pr- not only read it but understood it. Because I know when I was a kid and I and I was in high school, there were a lot of books that I had to read, and there just wasn't time to have the kind of discussion that you're talking about right here because you go into a classroom and you got maybe 20 minutes right? and you're covering, you're barely skimming the surface. Uh, whereas this year you're, you're covering a book over a month or I guess probably depending on the length of it, maybe even two months. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're really going in depth with other people and, 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 and hearing what other people are getting out of it because usually when, when we were in school, we got a curriculum, here's the concepts the teacher wants you to learn. And that's all that ever gets touched. You don't get to explore anything more. Mm -hmm. And I think the benefit of a program like this 
really couples with homeschooling quite well because homeschoolers can take the time to dig in to the Iliad if they want to for three months, if their child is interested in it, or they can skip it. And I don't know, is Beowulf on the list? You know what? Beowulf's not on the list. It's not really. It's not. No, wow. it doesn't move the ball down the field. Oh, it doesn't move the ball down the field. It's not, 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 it's a great book. Yeah. It is a great book, but you know, we don't get to do them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to do them all. I don't have any quarrel with Beowulf, but we read several epics. We read the Odyssey, the Iliad, and the Aeneid, and we read Dante's Inferno, and so we read some epic poetry. Uh, and while it is kind of the, it is the first in the what is it? Er, it's uh, the first. It's uh, it's not Middle English. I guess it's early English. Early English, yeah. Uh, it's the first. Uh, it's not novel in its composition, and uh, and it's 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 pretty primitive. Mm-hmm. Very little dialogue in it. Uh, there's no. There's very little, if no, maybe there's no. I'm trying to remember. There's no um, like internal dialogue. No, the, I don't the, think so. The, you know, the author, the author of Beowulf, whoever that is, doesn't really put forth uh, the, the the internal thoughts of the of the character. So it, it's pretty one dimensional. It's a great book. Uh, it's a part of who we are as Americans, actually. Um, but. Gosh, we can't read them all. But I'll tell you, the, uh, there's a Seamus Haney, Haney translation out right now. Seamus Haney mm-hmm. is the newest one that I think is out, and I read it, uh, I think, last summer, and it's fantastic. But we uh, we don't touch that one. We don't, no. touch, okay. we don't touch Gilgamesh either. Not Gilgamesh either. Wow. It's not Western. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, do you have any plans to extend this program to Eastern philosophy books or anything like that? I don't. Uh, it's not that I don't think that that's worthwhile, but I think we can do one thing well. Yeah. Uh, and and so we're just trying to do a really, really good job with this chunk. Uh, if somebody wanted to work on that, though, I'd help them. I wanted to say that this actually, the whole idea of doing this actually came out of me deciding to home educate my kids. Um, I, actually, I, d- I actually don't like the homeschool phrase. School is a specific thing you do when they ring the bell and you stand up and you walk down the hall and they ring the bell and you sit down and you stand in line. You know, we're really not interested in that. We're interested in education, you know. So I like to say home educate. But we decided to home educate our kids after they had been in a little snotty private school they were in for a while. And uh, and when I started researching how to best do that for the kids, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, I've got this microbiology and chemistry background. And there's so much that I missed because my education was so specialized. And I thought, gosh, I need to, I need to make up these deficits for myself, uh, for myself, you know, so I can be a good leader to my kids, but also just so, you know, so I'm just a more well-rounded person instead of this, you know, science technology dork. (laughs) Right. And I, I found, I found the, the St. John's college program, and then kind of reverse engineered from there and got to kind of Mortimer, Mortimer Adler and the Great Books program and started a group in my home uh, because, you know, I believe in the trivium, you know, the grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Sure. The three li- primary liberal arts. And you can use these to support, you know, learning and using the trivium, but you have to have the discussion piece to fill out that rhetoric chunk. You know, so I started a, a group in my home to do that. And we've been meeting now for almost, oh, I think, almost four years. And then one of the guys that's in my home group is Brett McKay of The Art of Manliness. 
And Brett's like, Hambrick, you've got to do this for some other people. And uh, I said, okay. (laughs) So we launched this on January 8th. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot more work than I thought it would be. Uh, but it's also been more popular than I than I had hoped, and uh, it's been been really rewarding. And it's really made me do a better job of reading. Like I said earlier, you know, I've got really smart people following what I'm doing. And I gotta I gotta do a good job. I'm glad you mentioned that you had been doing this in your home for four years before you started doing this, because a lot of times people get out there and they start something as an experiment or they think, oh, this is this would be a really good idea to do it. And they don't actually have any experience doing it. Right, right. And and maybe they can hire some people who can do it for them, but it's not really something that they're, that they're passionate about. And, and you don't necessarily always have to be passionate about something that, that you want to do. Uh, there are a number of people who say, you know, sometimes passion isn't the best thing when it, when it, when it comes to to some projects, but I think for something like this, you really have to love it because you have to be willing to to ask those tough questions and address those tough concepts and be able to accept feedback from somebody who might say, ah, "I think you're looking at it the wrong way." Right. And and I think that's it's it's good that you mentioned that that you're not just uh, there's a passion for you. And you're, yeah. not, you're not just out to make a quick buck, but you actually yeah. want to share. You want to share this with other people, and and I remember when you initially contacted me. I looked at it, and, and I and I saw the price, and I'm a, I'm a cheapskate, right? I, I have right. no problem admitting that. But then I started thinking about some of the other things that people might pay for online monthly. Yeah, let, and let's tell them what the price is. It's 59 bucks a month. 59 bucks a month. And for some families, they may say $59 a month. I don't know if I can do that. And, and that's totally understandable. I get it. I feel like some, a a course like this is, is something that it stays with you for the rest of your life because I mean, number one, you physically have the book, right? But, but number two, you've gone through this program and if you allow it to, It'll transform you. Yes. It'll transform the way you think. It'll transform the way you view the world. It'll transform the way you interact with other people. Yeah, you're 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 living out the trivium. So if you read if you read a book, if you just read a book, uh, we we know that's useful, right? But when you actually go to the seminar and you participate in the Socratic seminar and you actually practice the rhetoric piece of the of the trivium, so quickly, you know, grammar is the sort of the bones of a subject and the logic is how the subject is organized. So we have to learn you know, like the jargon, the, the, tr- the terms of trade in a subject and you ha- then you figure out how the thing's sort of organized. And the rhetoric is where you, you, know, you speak beautifully about it, you, you persuade or teach others about that subject. And so when you read the book, that's one thing. You can get the grammar and the logic piece but when you actually speak about the book, that's when you interact with, with the book and you take action on what you've read. And that is when you're transformed by the book. And, you know, you're right. 59 bucks. You know, I don't want to go too far into it, like justifying the price. But sure. like, you know, the month, the, you know, when you, we, we send you a $54 volume of Play-Doh, uh, when, you, when you break into Play-Doh, like, 
uh, we're sending the best books we can find. And then I have the seminar hosts who lead these Socratic discussions. So if you can read a Plato, a dialogue by Plato, Socrates, well, he's being Socrates, right? So he's prodding and acting as a midwife to these ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll accost somebody in the marketplace there in Athens and just walk up to some poor guy that's trying to buy, you know, food at the marketplace. And he says, hey, hey, what's justice? Thrasymachus. And, and he just keeps prodding and prodding this guy with these questions until they flesh out what justice might be. And the seminar hosts we have, that's their job. They're, they're, they're to be a midwife to these ideas. They're to help you come up, you know, to, fig- they're to help you figure out why you think the things you think. They're here to f- make you support their beliefs. And, uh, you know, I got to pay those guys something because they're skilled sure. and they're crucial. They're crucial. Um, and I tell you, I want everybody to actually do this at home. Doing it around a table with people in the meat world is a much, much better way to do it. Mm. 100%. And I hope that, uh, I hope that a lot, I hope that actually, I hope that more people that listen to us on, on this show go kick one off at home. You know, and like I said, you can get the great books of the Western world list online. You can get the St. John's college list, uh, and there are other resources uh, and, you know, and invite six, seven, eight people over to the house and get some good, get some good, good cheese and crackers and, uh, and hash these things out every other week or once a month. But somebody, even then somebody has to be kind of the first among equals and you can take turns when you run a home group, you can take turns on who's going to you know, be Socrates that week, the interlocutor. Um, but somebody has got to play that role. And uh, we've got really good ones that do that. You mentioned, people get a copy of the book. Yeah. They have someone there that's that's working them working them through the book, asking them the questions. What else do they get for their $59 a month? Well, community. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got uh, we've got a, a chat app where people can go in there and ask questions and discuss these things. Uh, it helps them, you know, keep on schedule. We also we also provide them with opportunities. This isn't required. We provide them opportunities to earn what we call diplomas. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but for example, after you read the Odyssey and the Iliad, the 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 big Greek epics, you have an opportunity to write a short write, either an essay or produce a YouTube video or an audio recording or anything you want about about that sub about those two books in any aspect you want and then present that in a colloquium where you present your paper, answer questions about it from the other readers. And, uh, you know, it gives you an additional chance to practice the rhetoric. We also have in, in our, in our chat application, we've had a group of people who are members at onlinegreatbooks.com who decided they wanted to learn how to read Greek. Mm. And so they've actually created a channel where there's a group of those people that are in there giving each other Greek lessons Every day. Wow. That was nothing that we planned, uh, but it emerged. I'm, I'm actually really, really proud of it. Maybe more proud of that than all the other stuff that you know, I did to bring it about. And, and I know that uh, we don't have anybody in, in any of the Latin texts yet because we haven't, the program hasn't been long, around long enough, but it won't be long and we'll be busting into some Latin. And I know that we'll be having a, a Latin study group going as well. So there, and there's more, you know, we've had some, uh, some meetups in Chicago and some other places and uh, it's, it's good. It's good. 
So when people start, do they start with the current book that you're in, or do you have them start with a with a cert with a particular book, and then and then work their way through? Everybody starts at the same place. You know, we we okay. open enrollment and close enrollment. Uh, from time to time. So we open enrollment about every six to eight weeks and we'll open it for about two weeks. And then we put, then we start everybody that, that joins that flight on the same book. So I, I was saying, I was saying that, you know, we did this at home at my home for about, you know, for, for years and I learned some stuff. <laughs> and one of the things I learned is that we didn't know how to read. Like I, I learned how to read in the seventies and eighties and uh, I'm 43 years old and, and emphasis was on skimming and scanning. Right, uh, the emphasis was on on speed reading, and that's not how you read important material, you know. And we found that we didn't really know how to read, and so my home group, we just stopped everything we were doing, and we read Mortimer J. Adler's book, How to Read a Book, and he really tells you how to do close inspectional reading of important books. And then we went back to our text. We also started in Plato. And that was a mistake because Plato <laughs> refers continually to the Iliad and these deep Greek tragedies and so on, Herodotus and Thucydides and whatever. So uh, when you join onlinegreatbooks.com, I sent you a copy. The first box you get has a copy of How to Read a Book. And then and it also has a copy of the Iliad. And so everybody starts with How to Read a Book and the Iliad. I'm actually, you know, I actually thought I was a very good reader. Because I could move through some material, you know, but uh, uh, I, I benefited a great deal from how to read a book. And every single person that I've ever sent it to um, said it changed the way they read. It's an important book. I think it's good that, that you're teaching people how to read as well. Because I think people have either they've never been taught or if they were taught, they've forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody can sound out the words, right? <laughs> sure. But, but Adler, when you read the Adler book, he gives you permission to go slow. He lets you know that some of these books are so heavy duty that you will get through it and you'll be lucky to get 10% of it, you know, mm. and, and, and he, he gives you permission to fail. He gives you permission to struggle. He gives you permission to go slow. And, you know, one of the things that he says is it's not how many books you get through, but how many get through to you. Mm. And, I, and it, yeah, we're not teaching anybody anything. You know, everybody that comes to us is, is doing just fine, but, but we can kind of, you know, recalibrate how they approach the books or help them do that. And, you know, and we put them in a group of other people who are just fine with having read 15 pounds, uh, 15 pages of Aristotle this week. Sure. Right? Like if you tell, you know, if you tell somebody at work, Hey, I read this great books thing. And like, Oh, what'd you read? Oh, well, I read 15 pages of Aristotle this week. <laughs> like, what is that guy going to think? He, he watched eight hours of uh, game of Thrones. What's he going to think of your 15 pages of Aristotle? Well, we know, we know, we know how monumental that is. We know how true right. it is. And that's a, that's a big deal. So you've read the Iliad. Yeah. Um, so, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to skewer you on this or anything. But so, what are the ways that we might approach the uh, Iliad discussion? If I was a seminar host, I, I I play this out with people all the time. So that I would say, I often say when I host a seminar. So everybody, you've read the Iliad, right? Everybody have any trouble finishing that? And they, you know, blah blah blah. And I say, lots of characters in there. It's really confusing to keep those together, aren't there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there are two characters named Ajax in that thing. Yeah. Like, what what a mess. And get a little small talk behind us, and I say, so having read the Iliad, 
I want to ask you, what is war? And asking a question like that lets lets uh, all the people in that seminar pretty much hit all of the major themes of that book. You know, is uh, and then we can go into just war theory, right? We can go into uh, we can go into notions of duty. We can go into notions. Of, well, we can talk about uh, just use of violence. We can talk about the role of man in the state. Um, we can uh, we can talk about you know we can talk about honor. We can then go from honor into these about adultery, marriage, on and on and on. But but a good a good question like that lets us probe all kinds of stuff about those books. And so, as as folks that lead the seminars, we have meetings and we talk about these books. And we're like, what are the big themes here? What are the big questions we can ask that won't lead anybody to a, won't lead anybody to some sort of a you know, a preset conclusion. We're not grading any papers here. We don't have anything we want them to take away from that book. Nothing specific. We just want them to, we just want them to think deeply about it. What good questions can we ask that don't lead them down a path, but let us touch it all. So we're very, you know, we try to be very, very careful and very thoughtful about those questions that we might ask to start the thing off. And then once you start the conversation, man, it can go anywhere. I mean, you got, you got, you know, 12 souls with all, you know, we got a nurse and a, and a, uh, a body shop, you know, technician and a, and a, and a chemist and a cop. And you got all these different people in there. Like you just don't know where it's going to go. So that seminar host then really has to dance after that. And when I, and when I get done with one of those things, I'm exhausted. I bet. It really challenged me, but, but it's great. It gives you kind of an idea about what those discussions are like. So I would imagine Given the uh, young age of our country, there are probably no American authors on this list. Oh no, no, we've got. Uh, we read the Federalist Papers, Twain. Uh, there's some Hemingway in there. The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin's on there. No, there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit. What American author that's not on the list would you like to see included? Gosh, American author not on the list. You know, actually, we don't have we don't have any of the like the leather stocking tales on there. You know, Cooper's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Last of the Mohican, the Pathfinder, those aren't on there, and um, they don't really move the Western canon forward, right? They don't they don't probe. I don't think they probe um, these big questions in life in a particularly new way, maybe, but they're so distinctly American and. They are st- so distinctly individualistic, you know, Natty Bumpo, Hawkeye, whatever in those books is a, uh, could not have existed as a character until America appeared. You know, he's a distinctly American, um, character and it. And it might be, and it might be that 500 years from now, people are very, very interested in his life philosophy, how he approaches problem solving, how he sees how he fits in the world and how he moves in space. Just actually, it's interesting. Um, and he that they make it, those books may make it. All right, so somebody wants to sign up. Yeah, They're saying hey, I think this is worth it. Fifty nine dollars a month. What do they got to do? Well, you go to onlinegreatbooks.com. and since they're listening to this, they can click the little join now button in the top right corner, and they can enter the promo code WiredHS, and We'll give them uh, 25% off their first uh, three months and also help support your show. And uh, they can get in there and, and see what they think. 
and I tell you, they'll they'll be hooked. People don't people don't quit unless mom gets sick or they change jobs or they have a baby or something like that. You know. And this is a per person price. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just wanted to make that make that clear. So it's fifty nine dollars a month, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that mom or dad can't take what they've learned and you pass that along to their kids and their home yeah. education. In fact, you encourage that. No, they, yeah, they should. Um, we have plans. So here, here's what, you know, we talked about, I'm reader in chief or whatever. I'm making air mm-hmm. quotes. You can't say me reader in chief. Uh, my job is to, well, among others is to read ahead to gauge how long it takes to read this stuff, right? And come up with these reasonable reading goals that take three hours a week for the average reader. Uh, write some materials and, and, and these questions, you know, that we're using in these seminars to, you know, propose questions that my other seminar hosts then, you know, approve and may use themselves. Since I'm reading all these materials and I'm, I'm just staying about six to eight weeks ahead of our first group. And I have plans after, after I have about a year's worth of, worth of materials to release a second product, which is really the same stuff, but accelerated. So if you had a, you know, a, pre- a precocious 15-year-old or 16-year-old or whatever, uh, instead of reading three, uh, a pace of three hours a week, that we would up that to maybe eight or 10 or something like that. So they're moving through these materials more quickly. And instead of having a, a one seminar a month, maybe they would have two or four seminars mm-hmm. a month. And so this could, be, this could become a real backbone of a young person's liberal arts education. But right now we're, we've got to get enough materials in the pipe that we can get ahead and, uh, and then, and then invite some people in that are really moving fast. So that's, that is on, that is on the slate. So until then parents, I'm going to encourage you to sign up or if you have a child in high school that you think can handle this and handle the discussions that that'll go along with that, sign them up over to onlinegreatbooks.com. And there will be a link in the show notes. And if you use that promo code, I will greatly appreciate it because it'll help me out and you'll get a discount. So, you bet. yeah. And if you, even if you don't want to sign up, go and you can sign up with our VIP waiting list. I'm making air quotes again. <laughs> and if you, and if you join the, that, I send you something in the email for three or four weeks in a row where I send you a digest of our reading list. I send you a summary of how, to, uh, an executive summary of how to read a book. I'll send you, um, Stringfellow Barr, who was um, the the founder of the St. John's new program that started in the 30s, a book on how to do dialectic and how to do co- conversation about these books. Uh, so I sent you a bunch of materials that you could use to start your own group at home or, or maybe use to kind of kick your kid down <laughs> along, along the great books. You know? Well, Scott, thanks for coming on the podcast. Great conversation. I think some people are going to really, really get a kick out of this and really benefit from it. So thanks again. Hey, I'm glad to do it. So here's what we need to do next time, man. We need to go read The Education of Henry Adams and then talk about that. Okay. You and I. Sounds like a winner. All right. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. Once again, a huge thanks to Scott for being on the podcast, for reaching out to me and making me aware of this great product that he has. Had a great time talking to him. And I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Please make sure if you're interested in this, check it out. You can go over to the show notes over the wiredhomeschool.com slash 232 and look for the links there. Or you can just go to the wiredhomeschool.com 
slash great books. And that'll take you right over to the course. It'll get you a 25% discount on your first three months. And on top of that, it's going to help me out as well because Scott's been so kind to offer affiliate sales to me. So you're helping out the podcast if you choose to purchase this course. I think I'm going to go through at least the first book, which is the Iliad. And I hope that you will join me as well. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. And let's go out there and get your homeschool wired. The Wired Homeschool is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. For more family-friendly tech podcasts, visit techpodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com.